I've chosen to speak on the Holy Spirit. One of the neat things about coming up here once in a while is that the Lord can put something on your heart and it can kind of bounce around and roll around for quite some time. And the Lord put on my heart the Holy Spirit. And here's here's kind of the reason why. It was a series, a series of events, really. But one of the things that really struck me is I was talking to some young adults and, and there seemed to be a few that were, were saying, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm really saved. And I'm not here to decide and to say, you know, whether or not they're saved, but but I am here to tell um, them and to tell you that, that the spirit of the living God that lives within those that believe, those that are his, should be testifying that you are saved. More importantly, in this morning, we'll talk about the fact that the spirit of God should testify that we are children of God. You know, we have a great grasp, I think, of you know, the, the, the Trinity in terms of the, the Father. We all have had fathers, so we, we kind of associate with that. Jesus Christ, who was a man who walked this earth, we, we connect with him. That's the reason why he came. Of course, he was God. But the Holy Spirit is something that we have a little bit of a hands-off, if you may. Um, you know, we sing songs like, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. We have the Christianese, you know, be filled with the Holy Spirit. But um, sometimes I think that we we don't really grasp the depth of of wonder having the Spirit of God residing within us. And sometimes I think we can we can forget really, and we can um, really lose out on what the Spirit of God has for us. And so this morning we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, we could spend weeks talking about who the Holy Spirit is and, and the things that he does. And I don't think Pastor Neil or Pastor Rob wants me to commandeer the pulpit for several weeks. But so this morning we're going to talk about specifically how the Holy Spirit um, tells us that we're a child of God. Um, I, I titled the talk this morning, Something Supernatural. Something Supernatural. And I want us to really answer this question. You know, it's not so much, am I saved, but am I a child of God? Because we know that being a child of God is, is really what it means to know that you're going to be in heaven with him. So this morning, we're going to talk about um, three things. And we're going to be looking at Romans chapter eight, just a small section, verses 12 through 17, a powerful, powerful chapter in the Bible, one of the most beloved chapters in the Bible. We're going to take a little snippet of it. But through this, we're going to see how the Spirit of God, how He changes us, and how the Spirit of God leads us, and then how the Spirit of God confirms us. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just are so thankful, Lord, that You gave us Your Spirit, Lord. Lord, that that the desire is that we would just know Your Spirit and know the work that he is doing within our lives, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you might just open our hearts, each and every one of us. Lord, that we would be ready just to receive what your word is telling us, the truth, the power, the realization that your spirit lives within us. We pray for the Johnsons, Lord, a couple, a family that obviously have given their lives to you, Lord. And that was done through the leading of your Holy Spirit. Such an example to us, Lord. And so we pray for them, watch over them, and keep them. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please turn with me to Romans chapter 8. 
starting at verse 12. That's Romans 8, verse 12. And we'll just kind of take this a little bite at at a time. So I'm reading. So then, brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. First thing to recognize is that he's talking to believers right up front. We're talking about those that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're believers. They know the Lord. They're they're children of God. But what this does is it tells us about really the, the context of a life that now is no longer under the obligation of the flesh. Um, a little bit of context here. Chapter 8 starts with an amazing promise, and that promise is that we are no longer under any um, condemnation because of the fact that we have Jesus Christ in us. And then Paul goes on to talk about what that means. Verse 7, he says that we have the Spirit of God in us. And so that leads me to this verse 12. That's going to talk about that in a little more depth. Context. I find myself talking about context when I was talking to some new believers the other day. Let me give you just kind of a brief example. If if you were to ask someone, hey, where's so-and-so? And and they said, well, they're, they're at the Orange County Jail. They're at the Orange County Jail. What, 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 they finally caught up to him? They finally caught him? They threw him in jail? No, 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 no. They're not, they're not in jail. They're, they're over at the jail because they're visiting someone um, that they dearly care for. The context is, is that they're not in jail. The context is, is that they, they you know, uh, are just, just visiting. And so the fact of the matter is, is that having the Spirit in us changes everything. The context is completely different. And his spirit is the thing that does the supernatural changing within us. Let's talk about this a little bit more. The old obligation was to the flesh. Obligation um, in, in Greek would be more like debtor. You were indebted to the flesh. That meant that every time the flesh knocked, you had to answer. And you had to do what the flesh wanted you to do. So your motives, your... Um, everything that was going on in your life, your relationships, everything was being driven by this obligation to the flesh. And the thing is, is that if you, as you read this, Paul is saying, hey, look, if you're still obligated to the flesh, then, then you're not really a believer, first of all. But the other thing is, is if you're obligated to the flesh, it's going to end in death. And the sad thing is, is that when you finally probably pay off that debt, you know, when you die, you no longer have the flesh. It's done, finished. Because now you're spending eternity in hell, eternity, eternal death. But Paul is awesome here because he says, look, the obligation, there's a new obligation. It's to the Spirit of God, to the Spirit of God. Um, It's a self-fulfilling obligation. Follow me here for a second. You were obligated to the flesh and, and, and all those things that went along with it. And at that point, you had no hope, no peace, no future. But now you have the Spirit of God living within you and you have hope and you have peace. The thing that's interesting is that the Spirit within us 
is, is the one who actually does the work. That's why I say self-fulfilling. The Spirit comes in and He goes to work. That's why I rolled up my sleeves. Because the Holy Spirit enters in, rolls up His sleeves, and starts to go to work in your life. Ezekiel um, 36.27 says, I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Uh, Colossians 3.5, Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And see, this change that goes on runs through what seems like a never-ending list of things that he's going to change. Things that he's going to change. As believers, we, we understand what this means. We understand that that means that it's, it's that sanctification process that the Lord is going to do in our lives. Um, the thing that's neat about this is that it's a tangible, real change that goes on. And, and I say this because sometimes we forget to look at those things. Sometimes we forget to, to, to remember the deliverance that he's doing within us. Um, he goes to work much like, oh, I don't know the saying, how do you need to eat an elephant one bite at a time? That's how the spirit does it, one bite at a time. Um, in verse 13, I think Paul sums up very well how this work goes on because he says, look, before salvation, you were destined to death. But after that, the spirit just went to work one bite at a time, putting to death the body that's within you, the flesh that you were at one time obligated to. Um, we need to hold on to this. Um, in Philippians 1.6, the verse that we often quote because it's such a comfort to us, and that is that, look, he who has begun a good, good work in you, he's the one who's going to complete it. And I bring this up because as I think about the, the, the young people that were talking to me about well, I don't know if I'm saved. You know, sometimes the enemy can come in and even though you're not obligated to the flesh, even though that's not where, you know, you have to answer that call, sometimes we we fall. Sometimes we sin. Sometimes we even get into a season, but yet we're still the Lord's. We're still His. Um, In 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4, Paul talks about young Christians and he says, hey, because he calls them brethren, just like our passage here. But he says, hey, look, you know, I can't, I can't really talk to you about the deep things of the Spirit. You know, the meat, he says. You know, instead he, he says, look, I got I to gotta kind of talk to you and, and share the milk with you. Because he said, look, you, you guys, even though you're, you're, you're the Lord's, even though you're believers, um, you know, you're still kind of fleshly. You're still answering the flesh sometimes. Romans 7 is a portrait of a Christian that has, has found themselves in a place where they're being run by the flesh. Spiritual men, but like men of the flesh, being mastered by the flesh. And I bring this up because we have to remember, we have to hold on to the truth that the Spirit of God is within us and has released us from that obligation. That is, when, when we talk about in Philippians 1, 1, 6, that work that's going on, it is in fact the Spirit that's doing that work within us. And we have to not be pulled down and not think that, well, am I saved? He talks about the fact that we live. This reversal um, is, is positional, yes. What I mean by positional is, I mean, he's taking you from a place where you're going to end up in eternal death to a place where you're going to be in eternity with, with Jesus. That's that position. But it's also talking about the life that we live here and now. Um, 
Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly, he told us in John. Romans 5, 5 says this, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So instead of doubt, we need to just remember that it's the Spirit of God that's within us and that we're no longer obligated to live according to the flesh. And this is not simply just something that's churning on within us internally. Follow me here for a moment. If you were just to think in your, your mind's eye and you take your life and you, and you draw a line, and on that line you put a big red dot the day you believed and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All right, you got that? Okay, now think about the fact that there are things that have been going on in your life ever since that day that have changed, that have changed. I almost titled my talk, I don't kick the dog anymore. Bart, uh, you know, Bart said, no, no, Todd, don't, don't, don't do that. So, but I had, to, I had to get it into the sermon somehow. Because, because what we're talking about is things that, that once were part of you that are no longer part of you. Um, there's the things that, that the Spirit works on to remove. You know, things like, you know, I don't sit up at night and view things on the internet that I shouldn't. Um, you know what, I don't, I don't feel like I need to grab a drink when, when times are tough. How about the things that he adds to your life? You know, when there's a disagreement between my wife and I, when we're, you know, at odds, we don't go to our separate corners. No, instead we come together and we, and we pray. You know, that person at work that, man, I just cannot stand that person. But you know what? For some reason, I, I care about him. I, I, I even love them. Those are those marks on that line that are showing you, that are proving to you that the Holy Spirit is changing you. The Holy Spirit is changing you. Jesus said in John 14 that the world cannot receive the Spirit. Why not? Why? why, why? Well, Jesus said because they don't know. They don't understand. They don't see the Spirit. But he said, you do. You do. Because the Spirit lives within you. The Spirit lives within you. So are you a child of God? Well, is something supernatural going on within you, changing you? Let's go to the next portion of our scripture. God's Spirit leads His children. Verses 14 and 15. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. We like this verse, don't we? Um, when I was a teenager, I was pretty well known for how much I could eat. My wife would say, still today, I'm known for that. My dad, I think, got a huge kick out of it. I don't know if it was kind of a combination of things. I mean, I played football. He always wanted me to get heavier, heavier. So my dad would take me to places and, and he would say, here, eat this, you know. And, and I, hey, I didn't argue, man. I wanted to eat. He would take, I remember he took us to this place called um, uh, Lee's Chinese or something. But they weren't known for the Chinese food. They were known for their huge portions of prime rib. And I know that he got a kick out of it because he would, we would do, he, there would be some other couples there and he'd go, hey, check out my son, you know, and this big thing of meat would come and I'd just eat it up. I think my dad was kind of the precursor of man versus food. It was son versus food. And so 
um, my dad would do that. Well, um, in high school, my brother and I would, in the summer, we would go down and, and, and pick up my dad for lunch. Um, my dad was a police officer and, and he worked many years um, in LA. And so he knew his way around there. He was in just about every precinct or division, if you may. Um, so this particular time, he wanted us to go to this place called El Tepeyac. And I'm kind of getting a little bit sick just remembering how big of burrito I ate. But I tell you this story because my dad, we would pick him up and he would say, okay, drive down this road, take a left there, take a right there, you know, go, go over here. And my brother and I would be going, what, where are we going? And, and, and yet, you know, we'd, we'd pop out on a road or this little road and there's this little hole in the wall restaurant, El Tepeyac. And uh, he said, we're here. Sometimes we'd end up at the police academy. Sometimes we'd end up someplace having just uh, whatever. But this time my dad wanted me to eat the manual special. The thing was this. If my brother and I tried to do that on our, on our own, we would get lost. We would get lost. Not only would we be lost, we'd be in danger. But it was our, our father, our dad that said, no, I got you covered. I, you know, we were, we were safe with him. We didn't have to worry about where we were going to end up because my dad knew exactly where he wanted us to go. And that's how the Spirit works in the lives of those that are God's. Our Scripture says is that those that are led by the Spirit are the children of God. And so as we look at that and we think about that, we also know that there are times when we're being led down through some dark, maybe some, you know, very windy roads. You can't see around the corner, but here's the deal. The Spirit of God, He doesn't, it's not like um, MapQuest where you just, He hands you the directions and He says, go for it. No, he, he takes your hand. He takes you. He leads you. He leads you down the path. He leads you where you need to go. Um, and He leads us. He's not pulling us. He's not pushing us. He's not prodding us. He's leading us. Spurgeon put it this way. Speaking of this verse, he said, it does not say as many as are driven by the Spirit of God, um, as many are driven by the Spirit of God. No, the devil is a driver. And when he enters either into men or into hogs, he drives them furiously. Remember how the whole herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. Whenever you see a man fanatical and wild, whatever spirit is in him, it is not the Spirit of Christ. What's being said here is that this is, this is a relationship between the Spirit and ourselves where we need to allow ourselves to be led. It's, it's where we say, yes, Lord. Paul talks about the fact that we're no longer of, of the spirit of fear. That's not something that we're dealing with. I mean, there is fear, but he's delivered us. Much like he told us we have been delivered from the obligation of the flesh. When he says that, that and we don't have the slavery leading to fear again, I believe he's pointing right back at the flesh, the slavery to the flesh. When I thought about this, I thought about, I thought about Adam and Eve, actually. And then here's the reason why. When they were running from the Garden of Eden, Genesis tells us that they said that they were in fear. What were they in fear of? Well, they, they realized that they were naked. That was the first realization of the flesh. That was, that was when it started. And that's why Paul says again, because we all were underneath that fear. We were all obligated to the flesh. But he says, you're no longer. You're no longer. 
And this country is, is so much driven by fear, isn't it? We're, we're entering into the, the political season again, craziness. You know, and, and we, we read about what's being said back and forth. You know, it's not about things that really af- affect us. You know, or it's not the, about the issues. It's about demonizing the other guy. It's about creating a fear. Wow, I can't, I can't vote for that person because look at what he could do. You know, our world is driven by fear. Jobs. Times are tough. People are losing their jobs, losing their position. And what happens? People are driven by that fear to lie about you and lie about things that they do. It's that fear that we're driven by. But we're no longer under that obligation. Proverbs 133 says this, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. God's promise, God's word. Paul also uses this beautiful contrast, this fear and then he talks about the adoption, the adoption. And, and, and that's when he gets to this Abba Father. I have this mind picture. I'm, again, going back to Adam and Eve. And, and I think we probably have all seen those pictures or artist rendition of, of Adam and Eve fleeing the garden. And, they're, they're, they, and you see this, the, the dread and fear in their eyes as they run. I don't know if it's because they saw the, one of the angels that God had placed at the gate. So I have this mind, this picture in my mind. But then the next picture that comes into my mind is in Matthew when, when Jesus has the little children that have been brought to him and one's in his arms and he's holding another and touching another one. And Jesus says to the disciples, look, don't even think about removing these children from me because such are of the kingdom of God. And I think that's the contrast that, that, that Paul is drawing here. You have this fear And now you have this place where you're in complete comfort with your father. Galatians 4, 7 says, Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. So are you a child of God? Is something supernatural happening to you as as these changes happen, as you're being led? Think about that line again. As you're making those marks on that line, Not only were they signs of God changing you through His Spirit, they're also signs that you're being led by His Holy Spirit. And those that are led by His Holy Spirit are His children. The Spirit also confirms us. The last two verses of our section. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ... If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. I get I get a couple mountain biking magazines. One's called Bike, and I like Bike because they have these epic stories of guys that go around the world and do crazy and just awesome things. And and this month I was reading about how these guys they went to Ecuador, and they were riding their bike down um, like a, a a dormant uh, volcano. But he really built it up because he says, you know, the tire's right on the edge and, and he doesn't know it's down below. But he, he, he pushes off and he goes for it. And then he describes all the neat things he saw, the neat turns and how awesome it was. And the reason I say this is because there's another fear that we deal with, not the same kind of fear that, that we were talking about before, but the kind of fear that happens when as a believer, if you were to say, okay, Lord, um, 
Change me. Lead me. Do with me whatever you please. There can be an element of fear there. You know, the age old, you know, oh, well, they're going to send me to some, God's going to send me to some kind of faraway place. But there's, a, there's an element of fear. And, and we need to get over that fear. I like, I like the saying, it says, we need to let the, give the, the Spirit a chance to come through. We need to let the Spirit, you know, give Him that open door to come through. The guy that just launches out into the, into the volcano, he's given a chance to just see all this awesome stuff. He's giving it a chance for something supernatural to happen. That's what we need to do, is allow the, the Spirit of God confirm to us that we're a child of God. Um, God made us body, soul, and spirit, and it's, and it's with our spirit that we connect with God. First Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's with that spirit that we connect. And it's with our spirit that we, we agree with the spirit of God. Um, let me explain. When we give the Spirit, a chance to come through for us. When we launch out, I, I, I always love the term reckless abandon. I'm pulling that from my football days. And, you know, I was on the cook-off team. Reckless abandon, you just go for it. When we do that, we allow the Spirit to do something supernatural within us, something amazing. And when that happens, when that happens, that's when His Spirit testifies with our spirit. That's when we like, yes. Yes, I'm a child of God. And, and as a child of God, he has sent me to do this. He has told me to do that. And you've done it. We have several examples in our church of that. And I think, I think it's, it's worth um, talking about. Um, Gary and, and Kelly Yoon. I've, I've known Gary for, for a number of years. And he would be the first one to tell you is, I'm a planner. And, I'm, and, and, and he and Kelly have said, you know what? We're answering the call of the Spirit and we're going to go to Thailand. We're going to go to Thailand. And I know Gary right now, he's planning everything he can possibly plan for this trip. But I've also heard Gary tell me that going in, into the mission field means that there are things that you just simply can't plan for. And it was the Spirit of God that testified with their spirit that has sent them. I think about the EE training that took place a couple, three weeks ago. Pastor Rob and Pastor Ryan um, took some, some, some of the youth, some junior high and high schoolers. It was called Go Training. I love that name because these young people were willing to let go of their fear and say, yes, train me up because I'm willing to go out and, and share the gospel with people that I don't even know. I don't even know. The Spirit of God testified with their spirit. Paul goes on to talk about the fact that we're joint heirs and, and, and it's more of a Greco-Roman kind of um, definition. Um, in, that, in that culture, when you were an heir, when you were adopted there, it was full, it was 100%. You didn't like st- stand in line and you're like third down the list. If you guys remember the movie Ben-Hur, when, when Charlton Heston, you know, saved that, that general in the boat from the, 
from the waters, saved his life. He entered into the, the city of Rome as full heir with this general. He wore the signet ring. And that's what Paul is talking about. We're, we're full heirs. And then he goes on to talk about the fact that we're going to be in heaven, glorified with the Son. I, I was thinking about this. I was talking to Pastor Rob this week about it. I thought, am I, am I off here? But, but it really is about the fact that the Jesus... He said, look, I'm going to leave. But you know what? I'm going to give you a helper. And it is, it's such a helper that, look, it's better that I leave, that you have the helper. And so he's done that for us. And we've had the Spirit, and the Spirit has done this work. Remember, he rolled up his sleeves. He's done this work. But one day, it's going to be done, and we're going to be standing before Jesus. And, and it's like the Spirit is then going to hand us back off to the Son. Um, we're watching a video series downstairs. It's about the Holy Spirit. Like I said, God's put this on my heart. Um, Francis Chan tells a story. And I, I want to kind of wrap up with this. He's speaking to a large audience. I think it was a college audience, about 3,000 people. And he had brought his little daughter, um, Mercy, with him. She was five years old and and uh, she was sitting in the front row and, and he had someone there that was supposed to be watching her. And he's coming to this very, you know, important closing and, and he's like pouring into it. And, and Mercy walks up and, and is standing before him and he looks down at the person that was supposed to watch him. And he, I, I don't know if she got away. And so he instinctively, you know, picks her up. He's got his microphone on, you know, so the whole audience can hear whatever conversation is going on. And he says, hey, hey, Mercy, um, what, do you, what do you need? And Mercy just says, I, I just want to be with you, Daddy. I just want to be with you. And of course the crowd went, oh. And he held her there because it was a beautiful picture of what, what God wants us to do. He wants us to come to him. Remember, Abba Father, Abba Father. You know, I think sometimes we can get so caught up in, in, in just a lot of things. Sometimes we can get caught up in, in maybe our knowledge and, you know, our theology and our doctrine, and those things are good. You know, God is holy. God demands us to know what we believe and be able to explain what we believe. But we also need to know the heart of God, and the heart of God is that we would just come to Him, that we would come to Him. And as we start to grab a hold of the, the awesome blessing of having the Spirit of God within us, we'll start to realize it is the Spirit of God that brings us to the place where we come to Abba, Father. Abba, Father. That's what the Lord would have us do. That question, are you a child of God? Well, is something supernatural happening in you? Is the Spirit of God in you testifying that you're His child? Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, just thank You for Your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, that we might seek after You more, Lord. That we might come to You as You desire us just to come to You and be in Your arms that we might say, Abba, Father. Lord, that in doing this, we would see that you have changed us, you have led us,
Lord, that we would never doubt that we're yours. Lord, we thank you for for this time in your word, Lord. Let it just go with us from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Mike, change it to come Holy Spirit. Well, this morning, there's, there's kind of a few camps, if you may. There's a camp that, you know what, you, you, you know you have that red dot on that line, and, and you know that you want to just draw near to the Spirit. But there's also some of you that perhaps you don't know if that line, that, that dot is on your line. You don't know. If you ask that question, am I a child of God, you don't know. And can I just tell you right now that that same spirit within us that, that is saying, look, I want you to know that, that you're a child of God, that same spirit is also knocking your heart. He's, he's telling you, come, become a child of God. Come, be part of this family. So after the last song has been sung and I walk down the aisle, there's going to be those that will be up here wanting to pray with you. Take that opportunity. Now, Let's all stand. Come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. Fill me with your power. Satisfy my peace of the Lord go with you. May his spirit be just testifying to you that you are a child of God. I want you also to be prayerfully considering Thursday night coming and, and, and praying, just lifting up this time before him. Consider the, the fast and the prayer and, and, and just seeking the spirit for what he would have you do. Thank you.